0: Hey, I'm Jess and this is my podcast I spend countless hours a day thinking or talking to myself so I figured why not hit record join me every Thursday in the new year as we talk about life endeavors our hopes and dreams and past experiences I've a lot to say so buckle up in a world of unknown I want to share just a little bit about myself and my experiences to help others feel a little more well normal We're all a little lost, but hey, we don't have to be perfect. No one is. We're all just trying to get by. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of We're All Just Trying to Get By. Happy Thursday, Friday Eve. Hope you all are enjoying your day. Today I wanted to talk about my marathon! For those of you who don't know, I completed my very first marathon October 16th, 2021 in Mankato, Minnesota. It's about an hour and a half away from where I live, so I wanted something close so I could go home the the same day and go to sleep. Let's start out with why I decided to run a marathon. I'm sure to many people it sounds freaking crazy and I'm sure to other people it sounds very inspiring. But the main reason I wanted to run a marathon, honestly, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) I love running for multiple reasons, I love the mental stability of it. I love how it helps release stress. I love how it makes me feel. I love the runner's high. And I love maintaining my weight loss and eating more. (laughs) But the main reason I wanted to run a marathon, I think, is because I just needed something, a big target to hit to make me feel give me a purpose in life and I know I talked about goals um, a couple weeks ago in my podcast and I think this is a great goal it was definitely a hefty goal but completely manageable which I liked and it challenged me and why I was ready to run one this year I've been wanting to do it for I don't know, maybe three to five years now. And why I chose this year is beyond me. I think moving to Rochester and starting my new job, I was just kind of out of whack and trying to find myself and figure out what I want to do, who I am, what this new spot, new stage in life means. And I've, and still today, just have had hard times figuring that out as we all do, but for some reason running and running a marathon in particular just spoke to me in a way that I really can't explain. As I mentioned in earlier podcasts, I did run cross country in high school, but I was by no means good or fast or whatever you consider good in running. I actually played volleyball my first two years and I was fairly good at volleyball, if I say so do say so myself. And I was ready for something new. And honestly, I was hanging out with a lot of my friends who ran cross country. And I don't know how it started, just like I don't know how it started that I wanted to run a marathon. But I think I just one day started running with them when they were training in the summer because if you know cross country, you know that practically all summer is training and you're pre-practice because the weather's so nice and you start up right at the end of summer as most fall sports do begin, but with running, you definitely want a head start so you can run the miles that you are constantly running at practice. And so I think I just started running with them, and lo and behold, I made the executive decision to switch to cross country and no longer do volleyball, and I loved it. I fell in love with the sport. I fell in love with the people. Like I said, I was not good by any means. And I think I think I felt a little bit regret quitting volleyball in the sense that, I felt better at it, and I I truly loved volleyball, and still do today, but there was something about the people and the atmosphere in cross-country that made my decision so worth it, and it was just so great, and for those of you who do run, run races, you can attest to how great the atmosphere is, how happy everyone is, and it's just such a positive surrounding, and so... I switched to cross country, I was not good, I think I made the varsity team maybe one uh, meet, so for those of you who don't know how cross country works, the top, I believe, six runners, and it may be different now, the top six runners, so the runners with the lowest time, fastest time, I should say, will make varsity. And then everyone else will make JV if you have larger schools, which we did not. I don't know how that goes. If you have like a C team or freshman team, whatever it's called. But I was primarily on JV and we did not have a huge team. So it was me and maybe two other girls. But I know one meet, I made the last spot on varsity and that was like a huge deal and then i dropped back to jv after that meet but <laughs> so i was by no means good no by no means fast but i loved it and so ever since then i ran i ran in college not a lot more so the cardio workout that primarily a lot of girls do through college because they don't want to go to the weight room and it's intimidating with everyone down there and they don't know what to do. So I did a lot of running on the treadmill and some outside, but I don't remember doing a lot of running through college, not as much as I do now, but I did do races, just one-offs here and there with my family, with my friends. And so I've been running ever since my junior year in high school. And the older I get, the more I love it. And I definitely have a time period every year where I get sick of weightlifting and just want to run because to me, running's easier because all you have to do is run. Um, don't get me wrong, I still have my moments where, oh, I don't want to go for a run right now. But I just prefer running, and that's just my preference. So. I think that also contributed to why I wanted to do a marathon, and I did a my first half marathon in 2018, and so I think the following, 20, following year, 2019, is when a marathon kind of came into play. I felt really good at, on my half marathon, and I mean, I didn't have a goal but to finish, but I just felt really good. And once I stopped at the finish line, all the aches and pains came. But I thought to myself, I feel like I could do it again. You know, do 13.1 miles again to make it a full marathon. But it wasn't really something that I was too serious about or really wanting to commit to. It was kind of just a floating idea in the back of my mind that left immediately (laughs) after my... Uh, weekend of my half marathon and then I had more friends and co-workers who were doing marathons or training for marathons and that's when it really sunk in you know they're no different than me of they're no super athlete or all-star or anything like that so why can't I do it and I think just that moving to Rochester trying to find a purpose and you know new start or new stage in life and making new decisions all led to me wanting to run a marathon. And so that was a long winded answer of why I wanted to run a marathon. But honestly, I don't know. I just wanted a challenge and I love to run and why not? Life is too short to not challenge yourself and do something new. So let's move on to how I actually made the commitment. It was probably actually in 2019 when I first started looking at my first training marathon training plan, and I did it, I don't know, maybe like five times between then and the time I actually ran my marathon, or started training for my marathon, excuse me, and I would write the plan down, i make it all pretty and creative in Excel, and I'd put it in my calendar every day of what I need to run, and never did it. I don't even think I started any of them to be honest with you and (laughs) I think it's just like everyone you know you have a new year's resolution and it lasts till February if that and it was just one of those things I mean I've done multiple things like that in my life before where I start and I'm very excited and don't finish it through but this time I don't know why it was different I maybe I just had more free time on my hands summer was coming and every time summer comes I want to run because the weather's so nice but I just found a training plan and made a little calendar with pieces of paper so I could rip one off every day uh, because it just makes me feel better when you rip it off like a to-do list when you check things off makes you feel good and the first day was a rest day so I thought to myself, wow, that's pretty easy, <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I just did it. I committed, and once you're so far in your training plan, it becomes a habit. I mean, you're training for a marathon. I did 20 weeks, so I, five months, and within month two, it was just kind of the norm, and don't get me wrong. There were plenty of days where I was so sick of it and especially the last month I think was the worst because I just got to the point where I felt confident and I felt strong enough that I could do it. It may not be pretty. It's going to be hard, but I knew it was going to be hard regardless, but I at least felt well trained and then I got to the point where I just want the damn thing to come. I just want to get it over with. I'm just sick of running. I want to change things up in my workout, Um, but... It definitely becomes a habit once you start running and actually get in the movement. And honestly, I know it's a lot of miles with a marathon training plan and a marathon altogether. but once you kind of cut it down into the days, how much you're running, during the weekday, you're really not running that much. I think during the weekdays, I ran, I think my highest was six miles which to some people I know it's it's a lot but once you run a marathon it does not seem like a lot like you're praying for your six mile days let me tell you but it was really the weekends that were the long runs and if you think about it it's one day out of seven that you have to run this super long run and so it makes it feel a lot more manageable when you break it down into bite sizes and you're running less miles majority of the week. So I think I committed just that helped a lot. Just seeing it broken down. And I just ran. I just did it. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know why. But I just did it. And it honestly, it felt great. So my training days. Let's break them down. <laughs> the first month was great. Uh, I should actually pull up my training plan here and I'll tell you which one I did. I'll have to look it up here. I can't find the exact plan I did, but one that was actually recommended to me was the Hal Higdon. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I know a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people follow his plans and he has a lot of marathon training plans or websites have, you know, 20 week, 18 week, 16 week, whatever your level of beginner to advances. And I think I just did the beginner one for obvious reasons. But the first month went actually pretty good because you're running a lot, but not as much as you think. I think I had, so every week I had two rest days, but I wanna say when I first started out, like the first three weeks, I might've had three rest days within a week. And I was only running three miles every other day. And so that was during the week. And then the weekend, honestly, I feel like my long run started at four miles, um, but I'm not sure. So then every week, usually Saturdays are your long runs, which they were for me, but you can mitigate your your running plan based off your schedule, because I know everyone has a different schedule. But Saturdays were my long runs, and basically every week you went up by a mile. And some you would go up by a mile, and then go down a mile, and then go up two miles from what you would just are. So for instance, you run four week one, you run five week two, then you run four again, but then you'll run six. And so it's kind of like every other you jump up, and, and so it does take a while. I mean, you have to think too, you're doing this for five months. So it does take a while to get up into the really long miles. And that's what these plans are for. By the time you get to the long miles, you can do it. It may suck, but you're at least to the point where if you've been running and sticking to the plan, you can do it. It's no different than anything else. It's just practice, basically. And so the first month was really good because I was running before this. And I, like I said, I run on and off ever since i started cross country so however long ago that was since i was a junior in high school like 10 years probably now well maybe not that but so the first month for me was no different than a regular week of me running just randomly just for my own sake uh the second month started getting a little higher so i think i was in the between 8 and 10 miles for my long runs which it's a pretty good amount especially when any long run is a good amount to begin with but any long run more than what you've done always seems so intimidating and looking back I remember when I had eight miles my first time for my long run and I was just dreading it and I was a little nervous and it actually ended up going totally fine But then i look back when i did 16 miles and was like oh my god i wish i only had eight right now but the second month went fine third month was about the same as the second you're kind of just in the realm you're running long miles but you know there are longer ones coming up so really you really don't complain too much (laughs) because you're going to complain on the longer ones that are coming up but then month three like i said that was i think the hardest mentally for me Just because I was sick of running, I was done with it. I was doing, my long runs turned into 16, 18, and 20 miles. And I actually ended up not running my 20 miles because it was the same weekend as Ragnar, which altogether that weekend I ran roughly 22. I know it was over 20 miles. And so I said to myself, there's no way I'm running 20 miles for my long run. And I was actually gonna push it to the week after But I ended up having my grandma's funeral that weekend. And so I think I ended up just running 12 because I ran before the funeral started and I ran out of time because I'm not a morning person and I didn't wake up as early as I should have. But I figured 12 was fairly good. And then I was gonna push it to the next week, but then it just got too close to race day. And I actually ended up not running 20 miles. And with any training plan, usually the most you'll ever run is 20 miles before the race. You'll never run over that because once you hit a certain point in your miles, it kind of just all blends together. And if you can run this far, you can do the marathon. And I know some plans don't even go all the way up to 20. I think I was talking to uh, one of Corey's aunts and she said the most she ran before marathons was 16, I believe. And so I had run 16 and 18 i feel like i ran no i think i only ran those once but then in between you know i was running a lot of 10 and 12s and 14s i ran a couple 14s but so at that point i was just like whatever (laughs) i i'm gonna be running 26.2 in the next two to three weeks so screw it i don't even want to do this 20 miles and it all worked out good but that was kind of my training things that really helped me through, honestly, was just the support. I had great support. I was actually involved in a Beachbody group that one of my friends put on, and I'll take her in this. Uh, it's at Fearlessly Authentic Nine. You guys can join for free. It's so great. It You get so much support. Like I said, I didn't have a membership. I was just running my marathon, but I had a free account to the group. And so I would just track how many miles I ran. And then people, you know, comment, Oh, great job. Cool. Can't wait for this. And you comment on theirs. And it's, it's such a great atmosphere. Highly recommend. But I also had my dad and my brother run with me. I think both of them, or my brother ran with me only once, but it was a 10-mile. And then my dad, I think, ran with me a couple times, actually. But he was also my water boy, which was pretty great. So whenever I was home uh, on weekends, which are my long runs, I had a few that were there. He would drive around like every two to three miles and bring me water uh, so I didn't have to run with my running vest on because it just gets heavy. And when it's so hot out, this was midsummer. It just gets so hot and i i actually started to overheat on one of my runs when i was back home because i had to wear my vest because i didn't have my hefty water boy daddy (laughs) but their support was everything i mean they ran 10 miles with me off a whim they were not running they're they're active ty hikes a lot tyler my brother hikes a lot in the summer because he lives out in colorado and my dad works out almost every day, if not five times a week. So they were active enough. But for those of you who know or who do run, if you stop running for a while, it's kind of like getting back up on the horse when you start up again and you lose the momentum that you get after you stop running or while you were running. And so just having them and just thinking back to it, like how they just picked up and ran 10 miles with me it's just unbelievable. And I also had my aunts and uncles who would help me and be water boy, water girls for me. So that was super helpful. And even just seeing them, if they were bringing me water and not, seeing them throughout the trip, it's just like a, it takes your mind off what's happening. They're just love and support is everything throughout training and the race. And it's just, I'm so grateful. So, Those really got me through. Another thing that got me through were podcasts (laughs) because the ones I listened to were like hour long. So they take my mind off of it for an hour. So that's roughly six miles for me. And oh my God, they were so helpful. I listened to a lot of office ladies, a lot of armchair expert, a lot of smartless, (laughs) a lot of Rachel Hollis and nice long episodes. Some Joe Rogan. But those really got me through. When I would have shorter runs, I would listen to music, but primarily it was mostly podcasts. And I don't know, music, who'd I listen to? Lizzo and Nickelback, quite the combination. (laughs) But podcasts, those are your saving grace. I don't know if you're a podcast listener or not. I hope so, since you're listening to one right now. (laughs) But... They are great for running, I think. Find one that you really can just dig into, that you're super interested about. And oh my God, you're going to be running six miles in no time. I promise. (laughs) But that was kind of training. And diet, honestly, I really did not have a diet at all. I was just, you start running, training for a marathon, you get hungry all the time time oh my god I could not believe how hungry I was all the time I by month three even month two I was just constantly hungry and you start to get in your head of oh my god I'm eating way too much how am I gonna run but seriously you're burning off so many calories that you can't get enough in it's unbelievable that was probably one of the greatest things about training (laughs) I could just eat whatever whenever I wanted but You probably should have some sort of diet to help your performance better, but I'm telling you I didn't. My first marathon, my goal was to finish that sucker, so maybe the second one I'll take that more into consideration, but who knows. And the shoes, the shoes were kind of a big thing, just because I'm a shoe fanatic, but also because you have to think, you're running 26.2 miles in this one pair of shoes, that's a lot of mileage in your shoes you don't want your feet to hurt you want something that can support you and your joints and so I definitely experimented quite a bit and it was fun I started out with Brooks I'm a huge Brooks fan I wore the Ghost prior to my marathon and I was really liking them but felt that I think I wore them for the first month or two and felt that they just wore down really quick and so I was having to buy another pair in the middle of training and I thought to myself well I'm probably gonna have to buy another pair right before my marathon too and it just seemed like I was not necessarily wasting money but kind of because I was just buying so many they last they were good and kept up with me while I was running but I I just felt like I was wearing them out so quick that the soles just were so so much thinner when I ran and I could feel that. And so I actually switched to hokas, which I believe like a year, six months to a year before I started training, I tried them out, hokas out, and hated them. And I think I just got the wrong kind for my foot. I have a really wide foot, so it's hard to find shoes even though I squeeze into a lot of really cute ones because sometimes beauty over pain, but that's besides the point. And so this time around, I think I got two different hokas and one, again, was super horrible. They were, I don't even know why I got these. It's, it's probably goes back to me hating research, but I actually felt like I did research. Guess not. But then I believe the Clifton's is what I had and what I went with. And I actually got a wide size and they fit great they were great support and I believe I wore those the last three months and on my race day. So I was a big fan of those Hoka Clifton's. I know the Hoka, mm, something with a B are good ones too. Clifton's are very good. And is it the like Rickcon or something? I know I could look this up, but go look it up yourself. <laughs> But they're very good. Hoka, Brooks, and Asics are probably your best running shoes. There are others out there that are just as good. But I think those are probably the most popular for running if anyone's curious. And so I went with Hoka's. Hoofta. Let's talk about the race day. My gosh. So we had to leave, I think, at 5 a.m., and I've said numerous times in numerous po- podcasts now, I'm not a morning person, but it was fine. I got up, you know, getting this thing over with the whole way there. I was, I wasn't too nervous or anxious. I don't really get nervous for races anymore, but there was definitely a gut feeling that there were nerves there. And I think mentally, I was just like, I just want to get this over with. And it started to hit me. 26.2 miles. Holy shit, that's a lot. <laughs> and I just kept thinking that over and over. And so I think the nerves came a lot from that. But we got there. So the race started at 7. And I think we got there at 6 30. We got our packet. It was cold. It was freaking freezing. And it was October in Minnesota. I think it was like 40, which doesn't seem too cold. I mean, it may to some people, but when the sun's not up and there was wind, it was chilly. And so I started out at the start line and those who came with me, my fiance, Corey, my dad, my mom, and then my aunt Kelly, they were running the 10k. So 6.2 miles and they started 15 minutes before me. So they started at 7, I started at 7:15. And lo and behold, my earphones didn't work. <laughs> and so I was freaking out that they I was always having troubles with my earphones throughout training where one would not work, one wouldn't charge, or it would charge and then it I'd use it and then it just like drained after I put it away in the charging case. So it was really stupid and they didn't work. And so Corey quickly, he just gave me his because he's like, you're going to be listening to him a lot longer than I am. So I was very blessed. I got to use his headphones, but didn't really set me off. But it's just one of those things where it's like, gosh, darn it. You just kind of want things to flow. You got a long time (laughs) to be out there running and Having things flow just helps you. And so I started out. I was cold, but figured I'm going to be running. I'm not too worried. I was cold for the first six miles, and I was shocked by that. You know, usually you'll warm up after mile one. My hands were just icicles, and I didn't have any gloves (laughs) because I don't like running with gloves. I hate when my hands get sweaty, and then I'm sitting in a pool of sweat with wool gloves on but I guess I probably should have oh well and finally warmed up probably around like mile eight maybe well by that time I hadn't seen any of my supporters and I figured okay they are probably just finishing now that's great I'll probably see them on like mile 10 mile 11 You know, because I'm running probably 10-minute miles was my average. So I figured I'd see them around mile 10. They started ahead of me. They were probably a mile ahead of me. And we're only running 6.2. So I was at mile, let's say mile 8 at this point. They should have just been getting done. Figured I would see them at mile 10. That would give them 20 minutes if, you know, give or take mile 14 rolls around and I still have not seen them and by this point I think I'm getting hangry I'm more than halfway through and just need some some support some love to give me a little nudge to keep on going and so I remember I was texting Corey and I was probably mean but I was trying not to be because I knew I was crabby and I didn't want it to come off that way because I knew it was just a A phase in my race and I remember saying texting him for being supporters you guys are really sucking at your job right now (laughs) and finally uh, they found me I think they're having troubles finding me and finding a spot to stop because I'm running on trails and then I'm running on the road and so they're trying to find me but also you need to park and you can't just pull off on a main highway you can't interrupt traffic so you have to pull off where there's a little parking area so i think they were having troubles finding that and finally mile 14 they found me and i was so happy oh my god i saw them in the distance and i was just like oh get to them they had water they had little energy gummies and stuff and we're just you know yeah go 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 and that little bit helps so much when you're running a race, whether you're running a 5k or a marathon or more. It's, it's so great and it really pushes you. So mile 14 was the beginning of the loop. My run was the first six... I apologize, Lenny's barking in the background. My dog. The first six miles were a nice straightaway leading into the course, but then... I think mile 14 to 17 was a circle, a loop, and then you went off on this trail for three miles, down, three miles back, or something like that. I don't know the mile, the exact miles, but then you would return on the loop. So I had to do this loop twice, and you can imagine within 26.2 miles, doing a loop is quite a bit of miles, and, doing it twice kind of sucks because the second time around you know exactly where you are and you know exactly how much further you have but it wasn't too bad it was it, it was better than i thought actually the hardest part was probably miles 17 through 19 or whatever it was the down and back maybe it was a mile and a half down mile and a half back for three total that was tough because no there was No way anyone could get in there besides the people at the water station. And so it's just dead the entire way. And by that point, you lost all the half marathoners. So it's just the marathoners. And there was a lot less marathoners than half marathoners. Because they ran together the first loop. But the second loop, you're by yourself. And so when we did that down and back, there was just nobody. It was dead. You're in the midst where you're really getting to the point. You're starting to hurt mentality. You're ready to be done. And it's just no one there to help push you along. So that was tough. But once I got out of that, my supporters were waiting for me and they would run with me like, I don't know, maybe a half mile to a mile every time, just jog. Cause by this point I'm going pretty slow and they ran, but they've had time to rest. So they have somewhat fresh legs. And so they would run with me and that really helped. But mile 20, they left me, and they, okay, we'll meet you once more, and then we'll hit you at the finish line, which they ended up missing me at the finish line, but I'll get to that, and the last five miles, so I guess it was mile 21, Last five miles were brutal. My body was just felt like it was deteriorating. And for those who ran a mile, probably know this exact feeling. For those who haven't ran a mile, oh my gosh, the pain was like no other. I literally felt like my body was falling apart like bit by bit. Like I can't even explain, like I needed oil like the tin man to (laughs) help. It was just every step felt like 500 pounds pressing on my body, pressing me into the ground. It was like no other. And then people are passing me going down this big hill. Oh, finally a hill to go down. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, that going down these damn things are so much harder because it's that much more pressure on your body. (laughs) And I was just, I was really hurting. So about mile 23, I saw my supporters again, drive by. That helped push me through. And at that point, you're just like, oh, I just want to get this stupid thing done. <laughs> and I finally get to where I can see the finish line. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And everything just starts rushing over you of, I can't believe I just finished a marathon. And you don't, bu- I mean, I, I'm i not going to speak for other people, for, but for me, you just don't believe it. It's, it's so surreal where... I didn't even, it wasn't like a surreal moment of like the heavens opening. Oh, you did it. It was surreal and like, I really didn't believe it. I, it just didn't hit me. (laughs) There was only one thing on my mind at that point and that was crossing that damn finish line. So I could stop and lay down on the ground. Well, my supporters, they caught me at mile 25. So they didn't have much time to leave and park. So they didn't actually see me finish. Uh, But they were, I You got this lane to walk down after to kind of cool down and whatnot. And only runners can be in that area, the gated area. And they were at the end of that. So they did catch me when I was at least sat down and stuff. But oh my gosh, I was in so much pain. But I was so happy. And it's it's just a feeling you can't explain. And I don't know if I would do it again. (laughs) I'm still... It's still too close to the date for me to decide. But I will say the last probably two weeks ago, it did pop into my mind. Maybe I could do another one. But it's also popped into my mind the last two weeks. Now I think I'm good. (laughs) So I don't know if I'm going to do another one. The marathon altogether was just such an experience to remember. If you've ever thought about doing a marathon, I highly suggest doing it. It's, you won't know until, (laughs) obviously, you won't know until you do it. But you just, you can't describe the feeling unless you're actually living it in it. And it's, I can try to describe it as much as I can, but it doesn't do it justice. The other cool part about my marathon was my tag. I was number 331. And if you flip that upside down, it looks like it spells Lee, which is my uncle who passed away in 2010. So that was a little momentum for me. And my grandma passed away in the summer, just a few months before this, and they were with me. It was so great. I felt it, and talking to them just helped me get through it, so... That's my marathon in a nutshell. I know I went off in rants, but if anyone was curious what it's about, that's what it's about. You get to eat a lot, which is great because you're burning it off. And you do lose weight, but you probably lose it in areas that you don't like. Like me, I was already flat chested and now I am like male chested. Um, (laughs) But it's great. It's honestly... Then endorphins going through you it's you're always in a good mood i mean most of the time except for right before you're about to run and you're regretting it <laughs> signing up for this stupid thing and then you run and you're just running free wild and it's so great i hope you enjoyed this episode i know i kind of went on a ramp but hopefully it you've learned something or it's brought you some sort of joy or just kept your mind busy while walking or running yourself. So I hope you guys join me again next week for another new episode. It's going to be a good one. And remember, we're all just trying to get by. A special thanks to my brother Ty for making and playing my theme song. Thanks, Ty.